whoever created all of this, when it was created, it was sort of like, imagine being in this pure source oneness in this field that we always talk about the unified field. At some point that being says, I'm pretty bored of all of this. So what it does is it separates itself into fractals, lives out lives, human experiences, other extraterrestrial experiences in the billions of planets that there are in the universe in order to understand what it's like to be separate and then come back again. And I think that's sort of what we do on the spiritual journey. It's sort of like a slingshot of we'll be at some moments in this ego death, samadhi, we're in a meditation or we're doing plant medicine, whatever it is, and we're feeling that oneness with every Everyone in our heart is wide open and we just feel connected. It's an insane feeling. Hi everyone, it's Ozlam Oskan from Amsterdam. It's so nice to have you here today on Bridging. In Bridging, I have incredible conversations with world's leading minds, fascinating people and game changers. My vision is to help people to learn, practice and transform in all areas of life. I want to make wisdom practical and available for everyone. As a side note, this episode is also available on my YouTube channel. And please don't forget to follow me also on Instagram, Ozkan Ozlem, O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M. Sit back, listen, and hopefully, hopefully, really hopefully, what you will learn today, you will practice and transform. Hello everyone, it's Özlem Özkan, your host for the Bridging Podcast. Welcome to the newest episode. Today I am together with Emilio Ortiz. Emilio is a Gen Z seeker navigating the path of inner wisdom and discovery. His college experience turned into a spiritual awakening, pushing him to pursue a deeper understanding of life. He has a YouTube channel and is the host of the podcast Just Step In, where he has conversations with, in his words, the way showers that are shaping the new earth. Is it okay for you to start with a heart lock-in from HeartMath that I can lead? We can do it together for yeah, one or two. Yeah, for sure. I'm down. Let's yeah. Do you can choose to close your eyes or keep your eyes open. Focus your attention in the area of the heart. Imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area. Breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. You can inhale for five and exhale for five or whatever rhythm is comfortable for you. Activate and sustain a regenerative feeling such as appreciation, care, or compassion.
radiate that renewing feeling first to yourself and then to others for one minute. And you can open your eyes when you're ready. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Super happy that we got to connect again. Bienvenidos. 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 So you have had many conversations on your podcast channel. Just tap in with the way showers, as you mentioned. And the first question usually you ask to them. I'm going to ask you. What are you most excited about your life, in your life, right now? Mm. That's an interesting question being on the other side. Um, because the most, the things that most excite me are getting to learn and getting to share whatever, whatever wisdom comes my way. And I feel it's that circulation of learning, then sharing, using our voice, using our mind and our heart to receive wisdom. And then that circulation is what really excites me. Um, on a personal level, level there is a, a couple interesting trips that I'm going to be going on uh, in December. So travel is another thing that I'm always excited about because it really helps me connect with that novelty that sometimes when we're in a routine and we're seeking to be someone new, change our identity, if we are stuck in the same routine, then we're just going to be keep creating the same. And travel, I think, is a great way to just expand our, our purview and expand our perspective. So just I'm really excited to be um, going out again and, and keep learning uh, along the way. Where are you going first? I'm going to Egypt and then Colombia. Oh, nice. Egypt, the pyramids. Have you been before? I've been once before, but this is going to be a, a sort of different trip. I think it's going to be more uh, tapped in with the ancient sites and now having more of the background of some of the history that's gone beyond um, what we've been told. So I'm just really excited to explore like all the esoteric, mystical things that happen um, around that land. Very, very nice. So Emilio, um, you know, as a podcaster myself, I watch a lot of I listen and watch a lot of podcasts from others. Also, you know, I have a feeling of what, what is there in the field out there? What do they do? What can I learn from them, from the guests, but also from the host, actually more from the host sometimes, you know, in a way of like a technical way, the way you ask questions and you caught my attention. And I think one of the most, the thing that was catching my attention was this young man, I mean, you are in your 20s, as far as I know, 25. Is this right? Yeah, yeah 25. So 25 years old. 
having this channel and the podcast just tap in, having interviewed uh, many way showers, as you would say, like, you know, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, Gary Zukov, and many others that I also was not aware of. And on the age of 25, really seeking for that inner wisdom and discovery. Whereas when I was 25, I was kind of lost, like, and lost by, I don't know, trying to escape with a lot of other things than really going inside. And you chose to go inside. So what events or event did happen in your life uh, that you... Uh, that led you to start having conversations with all these amazing, knowledgeable, uh, authentic people. Hmm. Yeah, I think when I said that my college experience led to a spiritual awakening, it was exactly like that. Um, I had been raised in a family, a very traditional family, but along the lines of when I was 16, 17 years old, my mom went through her own spiritual awakening. We were living at California in that point. And it was interesting to see that reflection because in my eyes, I was never raised religious. I was never raised with a lot of spirituality. So seeing her go through that in the middle of my teens was very interesting. And also having a father who was very grounded, very practical, very methodological um, in his own way of thinking and very rooted in his way of thinking. It was a great two extremes that in the end, I realized that two extremes are just, you know, the same thing, just on different degrees of the same thing. So having both of those perspectives, I started to, I guess, plant the seeds in the back of my head of realizing, okay, so my mom is going down this road, she's exploring this. And then whenever I would, you know, I, I played a lot of basketball at that point. So whenever I would get injured, she'd be like, let me do some sound healing. Let me do some Reiki. Let me do all of this. I was like, beginning to understand that we are much more than we think we are. And there's also this whole energetic realm that I was not aware of. But of course, whenever our mom tells us something at that age, we just shove it to the side and say, yeah, yeah, mom, sure, I'll, I'll listen probably later. And when I got to college was at the point where I had been in the last years of high school really trying to fit into an identity that wasn't really who I was. I was trying to fit into a mold that everyone else around me was showing me, oh, this is who you have to be in order to be popular. This is who you have to be in order to get the girl. This is who you have to be in order to get invited to all the parties. So all of these things and all these ideas and beliefs I took on for myself and I made that my identity. I solidified my myself into that box. So I went with that all the way to college and in the college experience, I started off how many people actually do. Um, we get there, it's probably our first time living on our own. And the first thing we want to do is go out, party, uh, be rebellious, explore what else is out there, chase the girl. And I went on that path, um, as many of us do, for around seven, eight months. But every time that went Some by... Some longer than seven, eight months, by the way. Some yeah. longer than seven, eight months, seven, eight years, maybe longer. Yeah, and I, and I think we, we go on that path until there is a... 
I guess, rock bottom moment, if we want to call it like that, or a wake up call. Uh, in my case, it was health. So I started to feel that every time I would try to get up from bed to go to class, if I had gone out the night prior, I didn't have any energy. And then I would get to class and then I couldn't concentrate. And then I try to have a conversation with someone and I couldn't pick up really what they were saying. I wasn't present in life. I was just going through the motions because I wasn't fully there. I was sort of in this mentality of let me try to become this persona that I had on a pedestal and that I've been shown in the movies or in films and culture of who you have to be um, as a you know, 20 year old man as a 20 year old young boy um, that hadn't transitioned into manhood. And one thing that I learned about manhood is that we in our culture, we'd never go through any initiations. A lot of our initiations at 18 are, we just try to drink as much as we can so that we don't forget. I mean, we don't, we don't remember anything the day prior. That's our initiation into manhood nowadays. In ancient cultures, they would literally have rituals for the for the boys to transition into manhood. And it's a completely different psychology. When I looked at books like The King Warrior, um, I'll, I'll share I'll share the book with you. Um, it's about this transition of boy psychology into man psychology. And I didn't really understand that at that point. So a lot of people, a lot of, you know, especially in the male male section will they'll reach their 30s or 40 40s probably still in a boy psychology because there was mm -hmm. never that bridge there was never that transition transitory period of becoming a man and i felt that life in a way pushed me to have that initiation because i was falling into these patterns and i knew that you know i probably now that i know i can look back and say my path is very different from most people and I accept that and I honor that. And also I took on this mission for myself through the podcast, through speaking to these way showers, as you said. So I always felt that that was within me. I just had to wake up to it. So in college, I got really sick and there was a point where my mom had to come down from Colombia to Madrid and take care of me. And that's where she really opened up her toolkit because the teaching only appears when the student is ready. So mm -hmm. I was ready at that point because I needed her wisdom. I needed her, what she accumulated um, in the past years. And she opened that up to me. So it was really interesting that I got to um, open my mind to that and also start implementing the practices. So the meditation became a really big thing in my life. And then reading. So you see all of these books behind me for people seeing the video that's what really helped me expand and see life in a new way. And through the books, I'm like, what would it be like to talk to this person? Like actually ask them questions. <laughs> and that's sort of how the first seed of the podcast came to be. And, and now it's become um, a whole mission, I would say. Yeah. So before we actually, I'm really curious to the toolbox that your mom offered you back then. But what you're saying to sum it a little bit up is like, you know, living in California, trying to fit in in the high school of like this guy you think you had to be, you know, a kind of ideal uh, image you put on the pedestal. You have to be that person. And then you go to college and uh, you just do a lot of things, which is actually everything, but not really going deeper inside. And then uh, you get health problems. And then 
when you get the help problem and you, when the student is ready to teach your peers, your mom comes there with a toolbox and the toolbox was there maybe already for a long, long, long time, but the student was not ready. And, you know, someone that is listening to this right now might really relate to this and also would know like, okay, I'm doing some actions in my life, taking actions, which I actually know from deep inside, that's this is not what I want. And they might say if they are in a victim role, I, but I, I don't know um, what to do. I cannot stop. I keep going. And usually in my experience, in my own experience, I knew that I was resisting something to experience. That's why I kept going with that life that I actually don't want to have that way. So my question would be, if you really tap into your inner self, what were you resisting that was holding you back on just not stopping and just keep going with whatever was sabotaging you and eventually also your health? That's an interesting question. And I, I sense that what I was resisting the most at that moment was being fully seen for who I was. Um, because I knew, you know, very deep inside that I was, I was very different from everyone else around me, but I had lived a life of a lot of moving. I had lived a life of a lot of adapting. So in that process of trying to fit in and adapt, I was always trying to not be seen for who I was, but be seen for the mold and, and everything else around me to sort of try to be this chameleon. And let's say if, if the wall is yellow and I'm coming in and my color is blue, then I try to dim my color in order to look more yellow. So that was sort of what I was doing this whole time was resisting being fully seen and also mm -hmm. resisting this rejection of thinking that if I show up as who I truly am, if I show up as, you know, I'm going from California all the way to Colombia, if I show up as this American kid that had been raised uh, American his whole life and had very different ways of seeing the world, then how would people receive me? And that's been a big lesson throughout all of this is in all the seeking and all like the reading and all of the interviewing, I'm realizing that, and this is, this is a, a lesson that has come through from, from a guest of mine is that um, Robert Edward Grant, he says that the expression of love has to supersede this desire to seek the truth. So the expression of love is always going to be prior to that. And we will feel more of that wholeness when we focus more of our efforts on expressing love than on constantly trying to seek outside of us. So a lot of this process is, yes, I have been seeking outside for information, for wisdom, for knowledge. But in the end, it's just reminding me of who I am. It's just reminding me that, oh, you were here for a bigger purpose. You were here for this. So it's activating in a lot of ways. And that's when the resistance sort of moves out of the way because we're no longer trying to be someone or try to fit into a painted wall that we're not the same color of and, and truly step into the life that we're meant to create. So whenever we take away resistance, that's when the flow of life and the receiving aspect comes in. Because think about it like blocks. Every resistance that you have, every fear, every limiting belief that you have around you is like a shell 
protecting the ego because the ego doesn't like that much change, uh, to be honest. The ego likes to stay where it's at. And everything that comes new into our life is a little bit like cracking that shell. And when it cracks open, like we're naked in many ways, obviously, because we've been in that shell, there was no need to wear any clothes. But when the shell breaks open, we're naked and we can be vulnerable out in the world. And that vulnerability is actually a strength. That's something that I've learned in this path is that whenever we open up our hearts, people are like drawn in, like it's like a magnetic effect when you're vulnerable. So that all ties into the first resistance, but but the first step is overcoming the resistance. And that's, I guess, easier said than done for many people and for me as well. So you say really, really beautiful things here. What, I, what I'm hearing is like each conversation you are having, besides also the knowledge you are learning, it's also reminding something about yourself, about you, who you are. And maybe, you know, during that conversation, even you let go of that resistance of that little part of that layer of who you think you have to be, who you think you should act. And then you're letting that go. And you, you said like my resisting resist experience was like really being seen for who I am. And the f- you know, once, once your mom came along, uh, when you had these health problems with all her toolbox what was it that you saw when you felt i'm being seen for who i am mm. this is a clear question yeah and and it took me a while to actually get there because in in the meditating when i began that whole process i started to identify less with the thoughts I started to identify less with the labels I had put on to myself. Um, you know, for most of my life, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I played basketball. And when I got to college, I was still playing, but it wasn't my life. So I had to let go a part of that as well. So whenever we let go of something, we have to, in a way, there there's like a hole that a lot of people view it as a hole that is like dark and black and, and no one wants to look at the hole, but the hole just means like, if you see a black hole, anything that gets close to a black hole in physics will get sucked into the hole. So what I'm trying to say is that something new is always in store for us whenever, whenever we let go and we create a hole in our life, it's consciously creating that of let me go on that, on that journey to discover. And what does it feel to, be truly seen, I guess I'm still learning that, to be honest, because um, there is in many ways this, and, and I think this came very metaphorically from the pandemic where we were forced to put on a mask. What really happened is that when people were inside of their homes, they had to take the mask off. There was no need to wear a mask in your comfort zone. But when we go out to the world and we had to wear a mask, it was metaphorical of like sort of what we do. Uh, sort of really what we do in real life. We don't wear a mask at home. We're who we truly are. The the moment we step outside, we have to put on a mask. And now as the world, sort of the restrictions lessened and we could wear a mask, we can choose to not wear a mask again. It was sort of symbolic of that. What would it look like for people to be truly seen as they are at home and as they are when no one's looking? 
And I guess I, I know there is this part that sometimes we have to put up our boundaries and, and not show everything and not show everything on our sleeves in, in the moment you meet someone. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is a liberation. Um, there's a feeling of liberation whenever you show someone this is who I am. Um, and, and namaste in, in yoga, that it really means I see the God in you. Um, and you see the God in me. And in teachings like from Paul Selig, for example, um, his guides, he's, cha he's a channeler. His guides are saying that humanity right now is ascending to a new octave of reality. And in this new octave, we are seeing from the purview of the perspective of the monad or the Christ self. And that Christ self sees the divine in everything around it. So that's a whole new level of awareness. That's a whole new consciousness that's emerging right now because when you can see yourself and you can actually see yourself for the divine self, not for the ego, not for the labels, not for who you thought you were this whole time. When you actually see yourself, you can see the world around you in a whole new way. Yeah. And actually what goes inside, it then reflects to the outside. So that's how we create a new world. It's not something that's going to immediately change and then there's going to be new policies all of a sudden. No, like it starts from within. That's why I've always been saying through the podcast, all paths lead inward. Whichever path you take is actually guiding you to look inside. And then when you look inside, when you can't look any longer, when you take out this label, when you take out that, when you take out who you think you've been, you're just left with the essence, which is from the source. It's the same thing as God. And a lot of people might get uncomfortable when I tell them you are God, you are a fractal of God. And in a way, if God created all this, then you are creating all of this as well, because as above, so below. So these are sort of the the, the teachings and, and sort of the feelings that I got, for example, when I started to see myself. And it's a never-ending process. I can't sit here and pretend that sometimes I don't see myself. And seeing ourselves also includes the light and the dark. And Robert Exactly. Edward Yeah. Exactly, the light and the darkness. Uh -huh. You know, the book I wrote was also embracing my light and darkness because there are all those shadows in you that you sometimes don't want to see and sometimes even not aware of. Like at the moment that I might have a judgment about you, about my manager, about anyone, anything outside of me, there's also a part of me that is being part of that whole thing. And I cannot change that outside thing, but if I can change the inside in me, whatever that is, with compassion and love, really to add that, then the outside changes too, because tango is done by two, right? Mm. And, and, and I actually would like to add to that what you say, like we are God, the Sufis. They also uh, say God has given his or her or its whatever breath only to human beings and if you see any human being you see god in front of you and i mean you can just extrapolate this to like it is in everything in a flower in the cloud in the sun in the rain in any mistake you make in any judgment you have in every single place and also another uh, my the, my grandma i call her grandma she always said to me like whatever you put out there comes back to you if you put love love comes if you put hate hate comes whatever that is it's all you know it just comes back because it's one thing so i really appreciate that you mentioned like 
I'm not going to pretend here, you know, because sometimes you also fall back on all these things, what you have learned. And uh, very interestingly, last week, my editor and I, we were editing some epi episodes. She's the editor. I was actually looking at the editing and I was really like, am I saying this? Because I was really in a state of mind that I was not sourced at all. And I was like, am I saying this? Really? And at first, it was a shame to me. No one was there, only my editor and me. And I was like, oh my God, but I am teaching this. I'm talking about this, but how can I be like that or whatever that is that moment? So, um, and after compassion, after really letting go and seeing also my shadow, it kind of dissolved or it's still dissolving, I would say. It's not fully, fully there yet. Um, you having these conversations, what you're learning about awareness, consciousness, and you even mentioned channeling. I'm not there yet. Uh, we never know. Um, <laughs> and I assume, assuming, Emilio, that you are aware of the difference between knowing and applying. How is it for you? How do you balance between the knowledge you are gaining and the application of the knowledge? Mm. Yeah, and, and before getting into that, I wanted to mention a little bit, when you mentioned when you point a finger out, what's my other finger doing? My thumb, it's literally looking back at me, right? And this, and this I, my, 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 my thumb's not that flexible, but you can, you can sort of tell. <laughs> I like um, it. And when something that I learned, and, and this is a, I guess a metaphor that's coming through right now for me is that creation um whoever created all of this um when it when it was created it was sort of like imagine being in this pure source oneness in this field that we always talk about the unified field at some point that being says i'm i'm pretty bored of all of this so what it does is it separates itself into fractals and lives out lives, human experiences, other extraterrestrial experiences in the billions of planets that there are in the universe in order to understand what it's like to be separate and then come back again. And I think that's sort of what we do on the spiritual journey. It's sort of like a slingshot of we'll be at some moments in this ego death, samadhi, we're in a meditation or we're doing plant medicine, whatever it is, and we're feeling that oneness with everyone and our heart is wide open and we just feel connected and we just, it's, it's an insane feeling. But then we're like, oh, okay, that was, oh, okay, I could, I could live here for a while. But again, we're in the human experience and what we're here to do is learn as well through being separate at times. So the slingshot has to go back and pull back again Wait, 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 wait. Learn as well to be separated at some times. That yeah. is that is really golden what you're saying. So you we need to be separated at times in order to learn. Yes. Are you saying that? At, at this, I think in at least in this dimension, uh, in the third dimension, which is the realm of, of duality, then if you if your soul chose here to learn, let's say the curriculum of forgiveness then you might have, you know, as a logical person, you know, when, when the soul was creating their business plan, their vision, what they were going to do in this life, they probably said, 
well, let me create a bunch of experiences that will teach me what forgiveness is not so that I can realize and learn the full lesson of forgiveness. Because if I just mm -hmm. told you, this is what forgiveness is as a definition, there's no way to apply that. You, you, you don't have the, the understanding or the experience to be able to apply that. And that's the shadow side of the intellect. And that's something that I, that's literally one of my life's work because in the Gene Keys, one of my shadows is the intellect. And when we can bypass of that, we get to a point of, of pure clarity and knowing what you're getting into. Um, but first, let's stay on the shadow. The intellect is very enticing for the ego because it makes you think that you have all of this knowledge, all this consciousness, all this awareness. But if it's not truly integrated, if it stays in the mind, then then it'll stay in the mind and that's it. And you're not truly going to be living the full curriculum of that lesson. So if I, I wanted to learn about awareness and expansion, I could read about it in all the channeled books and I could read about it in Joe Dispenza and I could read about it everywhere. But life has to give me the experiences of showing me what is unawareness. What is being unaware in a conversation mm -hmm. with someone that I love and telling them something that I truly regret? That's unawareness, which is also showing me the flip side of the coin, which is, okay, in that moment, I was unaware. When I turn the head of the coin, I could see that awareness is on the other side. It's just varying degrees. So life will give us these experiences that we can later say, that's not what I want. I want to learn this. But it's truly getting to that consciousness as well of everything in our life is showing us the lessons that our soul came here to learn. And if we mm -hmm. can start identifying the repetitive themes, we can start saying, okay, so it seems like my soul came here to learn about betrayal because in my business partnership, I was betrayed in my relationship. I was betrayed in my, you know, uh, whatever, all the different varying experiences that our soul may have created. But a lot of people won't see the pattern. That's the thing, because they'll get betrayed once, they'll get betrayed twice, and then they'll take on the belief of why does this always happen to me? And that's the scariest yes. part, because as soon as you create that belief, you are going on a repetitive cycle to create that belief again and again and again and again. The cycle of karma, that's how I view karma, is if we don't break out of the pattern, we're just going to keep living it in this life and then we get to the end of our life and our guides are there waiting for us. Hey, did you learn about betrayal? And we'll be like, yes, but I just got betrayed all the time and I never learned from it. So then our guys are like, bro, you had to learn from it. <laughs> you have to do this again. <laughs> well, you know, in your life, when you uh, get these things from the universe, I mean, maybe initially you say like, hey, what does this happen to me? And then you got aware of like, okay, I'm saying this actually. You're already aware of the thought that you are about to repeat a pattern. How do you tackle or deal or I don't know what the right word is to use it. How do you go in that flow of something that happens to you that is actually repet repetitive? Like just really trying to give the watcher and listener here tools what's they could do what works for you and maybe they it won't work for you but what do you do yeah so we have the mind 
we have the body and we have the breath. And the breath is the aspect of us that is the soul. A lot of people don't know, or I've learned to see this this way, that the breath is the soul. Because even, you know, I, I've had very minimal experiences with death, confronting death in my life. But when we had to put down our previous dog, we went to the vet and we had to put her down because she had uh, cancer. And when she was there, they gave her the shot. They put her down. And I saw her take one last breath. And then it was just she, like I felt this energy like expand and then it was gone. And then I just saw a physical material body just laying there, but with no life. So our soul is what animates these bodies. And that is through the breath. And mm -hmm. our breath, when we are in a conversation, for example, if we are listening to someone or if we are watching a movie or we're watching the news, a lot of us, we may start to notice that our breath is, is very shallow. It's up in our chest. It's in, in this stressful cycle of breathing. It's in a fight or flight state because it's the body agitated. Um, and, the, and the soul is probably out here separated from the body because it's not being fully breathed into. So the more that we can be aware of the breath, I think the more that we can be aware of these moments when we go unconscious. If I'm having a conversation with, with, a, with a partner and I'm seeing a pattern come up of feeling uh, unseen and rejected and she's saying something to me, if my breath is up here, like up in my throat and it's clogging my whole energy system, then I can't respond in the way that I want to. But if I can listen to her, look at her eyes, look at her soul as well and breathe into it, like literally take like slow, the, the breaths that we did in the beginning, that's how mm -hmm. we can start saying, okay, and we can call upon the energy of the soul because the soul is the aspect of ourselves that is, I would say, the wisest. And it's, it's the wisest aspect of ourselves. When we don't consult with the soul, that's when we hit those roadblocks in our life. So I think yeah. the breath is one of the keys um, to get there. And you mentioned you said like breath is the soul, and I really really like that. And you know it is, I would say from my own experience, I might really I still have challenges in the moment when something is happening to go to my breath, unless it's not a, a conscious club, let's say, or a retreat or somewhere where we are together. Like, you know, if I know that you are working a lot on yourself with you, I might find it easy. I might like, hey, Emilio, let me just take a breath for a moment because something is coming up there. But if it would be, I don't know, somewhere else, then uh, a way that I learn to deal with it is like really pausing for that moment and really saying, listen, I don't want to talk right now. I just need to have my time, whatever that is. And just, I, I just go somewhere else and really sometimes, sometimes I really cry a lot then back at home. Like it really needs to get out of my system and, or I don't take phone calls. And in the past I was really like, I'm in this mood. Someone calls me and on that state of being, I was reacting, mm. but it would be so beautiful on really uh, use for example heart math heart lock in what we just did in the beginning or any other technique or from anyone else um, i like the breath 
is the soul. I really like it. So your conversations you had, Emilio. <laughs> Did you hear us or not? Did you hear yeah. us or not? <laughs> yeah, that's Amst I thought there weren't any cars in Amsterdam. What's going on? Oh, there are a lot of cars and it's raining outside. So um, <laughs> yeah, they're in reactive mode. So can you breathe for a moment? <laughs> I would say. So I was going to ask, like, um, what have you stopped doing after you started uh, Just Tap In? The conversations that you had, doing a lot of inner work. You know, what did you stop doing? I stopped giving my energy to people, situations and environments that weren't aligned with the new personality. Okay. And in a few sentences, who was the old personality and who is the new personality? I would say from unconscious, immature, seeking at the outer world to embodying a conscious energy, to looking within before looking out and staying true to the mission that he's uncovered for himself in this life and staying focused and staying you know, because before the old personality had a lot of distractions, a lot of distractions, um, whether that is through the phone or just, you know, looking outside on, on social media, um, giving my energy away to people that were um, maybe focused on the consciousness of gossip. That was for me a distraction as well, because it wasn't allowing me to to look actually within um on the flip side of that is i guess focus is one of the greatest assets that we can give to another human being our presence our undivided attention so that's an aspect that i'm integrating more and more in the new personality um, whether that is a conversation with anyone uh, in my life i try to be as present as possible um, before i'd have my head in What's for lunch? What's for dinner? What am I doing tomorrow? Um, just thinking of a million different things and to leave that conversation. Because in conversation now, and through that's the podcast has helped me so much with this, is getting real, getting raw, getting to the getting to the core of someone's heart. And we don't really do that in our day-to-day -day conversations or with the people around us. So that's an aspect that I've tried to integrate more and more and more and not just on the podcast, but outside of it as well. Um, being, being hyper present, hyper aware. And I think that's where the magic lies because we only have this now moment. If we are looking outside to in the future, or maybe we're catching that person. Oh, you said this in the past. How can you resolve anything in the present? If you are stuck in a pattern or belief and seeing the same person with the same eyes that you saw them five years prior. That's something I've had to ex um, accept as well, is that you can see someone in a month or so in the future, and they might be a whole different person at that point. But if you go to meet them with the same eyes that you try to see them as before, that's just you projecting on an image that you created and you constructed of that person. 
so you can't see anything new. So it's staying Even away. sometimes your family members, you know, they, they know you oh. a certain way. And, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle said, like, you know, if you really want to be enlightened, go back to your family and just step into these patterns. And there, if it doesn't trigger you, okay, that's really far. And, you know, I mean, your parents might, uh, you know, at least my parents, they are used to me of, you know, how I was as a child, a high school, college student. And, you know, sometimes I still hear um, things like, but you are like this. We know it. I'm like, oh, but, you know, we haven't talked for a long time or something like that. Um, so, you know, Emilio, if you see in the information, especially, you know, in your generation, millennials and Gen Z, there is so much information. You know, you want to learn about enlightenment, just go on YouTube, find amazing podcasts, videos around it. Um, you, you can get books anywhere, everywhere. There's so much information. Why do you think people, young people in their 20s, 30s, um, keep self-sabotaging themselves while knowing how they could actually get out of that self-sabotage. I think the younger generations, um, they, the, the children that are coming into the world are already wired with this awareness. And I think in many ways, they, they're playing in the human experience and they're, they're understanding it, they're seeing it. And also it's a sense of responsibility that maybe that's something with self-sabotage is that you're sabotaging yourself because you have not caught that you are responsible for the experiences you're creating. So there's a subconscious pattern and belief that comes in right as if you're going up, right? As you're in an upward cycle, all of a sudden that belief, you're not worthy, you're not enough. Boom. It sabotages you in the moment. Um, and, and Gay Hendricks calls this the upper limiting problem. Um, this is a psychological term as well, where we get to a certain level where we believe we're not worthy of receiving any more. So the jar is already full. So then it has to spill out in some way. So we do a certain action to sabotage that. So the solution of that is getting a bigger jar, learning how to receive more blessings, learning how to open our heart more to allow new opportunities, new experiences to come in. It's not, it's not taking on less, receiving less. It's switching out the jar that you've been using. If I, if I've been using this, this little like half, not even a quarter of a liter and that's all I can receive in my life, then why don't I just go discard this one and buy the liter bottle so I can receive more. And that's the process of expansion. And the soul is here to learn and expand and grow. So the more of these aspects that we align with our soul, Gary, Zuk Gary Zukov talks a lot seat about of the this. Soul. The seat of the soul. He talks about um, the difference between the personality self and the authentic self. And we are going into a consciousness right now where we're aligning more with the authentic self. And the personality structure, it's still always going to be there because we can't function in this experience without having a name, having a job, having this hair, having these clothes. That's part of the personality. 
And it's also part of what makes us unique. When you talked about the, the younger generations, I would say they're living a time where they didn't know what it wasn't like to have all the information at your fingertip. Other generations do, so they can see the importance of that because they didn't have that experience, right? It's the contrast that we were talking about in the, in the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. You can talk to, you know, even my parents. I know what, was, what it was like to go to the library. I don't, I don't know what this was like, but going to the library and seeking out something that you needed to know instead of just opening up a tab on your phone and getting the answer in milliseconds. Yeah. So I think the younger generations, they were brought up with this, you know, infinite tapping into knowledge that I think it'll, it'll maybe take some time to realize what the experience would be like without. That's why, you know, I can't speak on this because I don't apply this, but maybe going for periods of time without your phone. Mm -hmm. I think that would, or actually I can speak on this in the way of food because I told you I was just coming off of a 72 hour water fast. The next bite after that, I appreciated it so much more. Yes. So yeah. I guess you could apply that the, with the food aspect to the digital and to the information is, you know, what would it be like to not have all of this knowledge around us? And also a lot of that knowledge is inside of us. And through these moments of stillness and meditation, we start coming up to the surface of information that we probably didn't even know was there, but our soul note, our soul signature had it in its, in its energetic field. That's why we can tap into it because I do believe that we have lived many, many different lives and accumulated many different teachings in those lifetimes that we can use and apply in this one if we're willing to go inside. Very, very wise words from a 25-year-old. I'm just saying it because now if I look at it from a linear viewpoint, you know, not a infinite because, you know, you have been there maybe many, many, many lifetimes. But it's super, super wise, um, Emilio, what you're all saying. So your guiding principles of your show, Just Step In, are wisdom, courage, curiosity and expansion. If I would ask you if you can answer me in one word or one sentence, what does wisdom mean to you? Wisdom means to find the source, the essence of what is already within you before trying to seek it outside of you. And what do you do or don't you do to evolve your wisdom? I would say from from myself and from the people that I've interviewed on the podcast and in my personal life, the wisest people that I know have stayed very true to their path and to their journey and have not let other people sway them in a different direction because they've been so, and I think that's the wisest decision that you can make in your life, is take those decisions from the heart, not from the perception of culture, not from what people have been telling you that you should do or you shouldn't do, but it's looking at the authentic self. What does the soul want? 
And it, it, all those qualities that you named, I realized the other day when I wrote those is that those are actually the qualities that all the souls embody. Because curiosity, wisdom, like wisdom curiosity, courage, it, it's really, and what I've learned from channelers and what I've learned from different books is like, like coming into this physical experience is not an easy choice. Like this earth realm is one of the hardest dimensions because it's one of the most separate from source. If you embody in a dimension, if let's say there's 12 dimensions, if you embody in a being that's on the seventh or eighth dimension, you're closer to the source. Here we're like 3D, we're like very far out there. So it takes a lot of that courage to be able to incarnate in these vehicles. And also we go through the veil of forgetfulness. We forget from where we came from. So if, you know, if I told you tomorrow, I'm going to wipe out all your memories up until this point, And you said, yes, I'd be like, damn, she's brave. <laughs> like, damn, she made that courageous choice. Um, and an expansion as well. I think the soul goes on these experiences, these journeys. Um, for, for the soul, it's a blink of an eye. But in that blink of an eye, it's experiencing, experiencing and learning and expanding so much that that's why it keeps doing it. That's why it keeps exploring what it's like to be in a physical incarnation. That's why it likes to um, forget who it is in order to walk that path home again. So what do you do, Emilio, when you face fear in your direction of wisdom, courage, curiosity, and expansion? Yeah. One of my biggest teachers with fear has been the ice um, it, in itself, nature. Because when I started going into ice baths and I started learning what it's like to be uncomfortable uh, on the physical body, I realized how much of it is a perception. And any limitation, any fear is only that. It is a perception. So if you look around and you see people doing what you've always wanted to do, but you haven't done without fear, it's because they're operating from a different perception than you. So how, how can I get to the point of changing the perception where fear is no longer an option? And Paul Selig says that in the upper room, uh, fear has been the teacher for humanity for so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of years. And we're now collectively deciding to change the teacher where fear is no longer the teacher. And on the other side of fear is, is that love, that unconditional love. It's the same side of the coin, just different degrees. So it's almost like if I'm looking this way and this is way is fear, just by turning myself just a couple, like 30 degrees, I can see love, but I have to ask myself, how can I see this with new eyes in order to be able to, surpass or or maybe dissipate the fear because maybe it's not about doing anything to overcome the fear it's changing internally the perception and from there acting without the fear so um emilio first of all where can people find you that can connect to you and then i have my other question but let's just go with this one first <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would guide people if they're, they're feeling called to um, explore other podcasts as well. Um, 
sort of in tandem with this amazing show, I would encourage them to check out some of the conversations that we've had on Just Tap In. So you can search my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Emilio Ortiz. And that's pretty much where where I'm focusing a lot of my energy as well and Instagram. Okay, Emilio Ortiz on Instagram and YouTube. And you have partnered out with a clothing brand Unlock Movement. So you are having t-shirts and tees. Is that right that you guys are having out there for people that would like to buy? Yeah, this has been a very special project because with Bumi, the founder, she she and I met at a Joe Dispenza retreat um, in Cancun. And she was telling me about these ideas of having anything that you wear means something. So having clothes, for example, that is sharing an inspirational message, a message that people even on the street can look at and be like, oh, what does that mean? And then start planting the seeds in that way. So I talked to her one day and I was like, would you ever think about um, putting Just Tap In on a shirt? All paths lead inward, as above, so below. These are all messages that have really tied together what we've expanded with the podcast. And there are, there are teachings and truths that I've lived by. Um, and she's like, let's do it. So it's a project that's come from the heart and we are shipping now to the US for now. And people can get that at unlocked movement slash just happen. Unlock, unlock movement slash just happen. We'll put in the episode notes all together with your Instagram and YouTube. Emilio, thank you very much. Muchas gracias. Really, thank you. Uh, from the heart, from the corazón or something. What is that in corazón. Spanish? Yes. Corazón. Si. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. If you have loved it, please leave a review. If you did not love it, please also leave a review. And so I can make a better one next time. And if you want to know more about the workshops and courses I am teaching, visit my website, ozkanozlem.com. I will spell it for you. It's a Turkish name. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M.com. May you be the best version of yourself today. Bye for now.